Chapter 4. True Ownership Given everything that I mentioned in the previous chapter, you should ask yourself this. Do you truly own any movies if you watch them on a streamer? I'll save you the suspense. No. No, you do not. Any streamer, at any time, can make the decision to remove titles from their library, and they don't have to ask you. They do this for a variety of reasons. Some that you could say make sense, others that do not. Regardless of the reason, at the end of the day, any time they do this means one simple fact. They own the filmmaker's work, and you do not. Let me share some common reasons that this happens. First, license expirations. Platforms like Netflix or Amazon typically pay a fee to acquire the rights of a title for a set period of time. After the period of time passes, they may choose to renew the paid-for time period or let it expire and go away. Depending on the popularity of the title, this can prove to be very costly at times. Another reason this happens? Exclusivity. Sometimes, movies and shows can just be pushed out to make room for a streamer's original content. Third reason this happens? Viewer demand. Streamers are like any other business. They operate in large part based off what their viewership data is telling them. If they deem that certain films are showing as being underperforming or are not fitting along with the rest of their content, they can choose to simply eliminate it from their library. A good way of looking at this is picturing a streamer as the ultimate curator of a digital shelf with them getting to choose if something belongs on it. Again, not you, them. Fourth reason for this? Geographical restrictions. Certain areas of the world always have licensing restrictions that can negate or in some cases make it impossible for certain titles to be seen. The fifth and final most common reason for this is platform closure. With there being so many streamers that are competing against one another, not to mention digital movie library companies like Voodoo out there, it's only natural that not all of them can and will survive. This is capitalism at its finest. When a streamer fails, all of its titles go bye-bye. If there was any original content on them, you can kiss them goodbye too unless they happen to get picked up and saved over by another network. The scariest of all those is thinking of a place like Voodoo if it were to fail. You could literally dump thousands of dollars into your digital catalog and the company could go under and all your titles would go along with it. Or maybe the company is doing so well that they get bought out by somebody else and certain titles that they bought don't get carried over in the merger. This has happened. After hearing all those reasons, I still expect that there's going to be some out there that are going to say this to me. Well, so what? I don't need to own any of it, Jordan. As long as I can watch movies and shows when I want and how I want, that's all I really care about. That mentality may be befitting for the casual viewer, and honestly, that's perfectly fine to me. It really is. I don't expect every single person out there that watches and enjoys movies to have to want and take the time to collect them for themselves. Convenience and having the amount of titles at your fingertips without having to pay for each of them individually does certainly have its merits. Even some movies I have seen over the years that I have enjoyed, I wouldn't necessarily want to actually own a physical copy of them. It doesn't make them lesser movies per se, it just means that I have a very particular preference on how I collect movies and decide upon the ones that get to stay on the shelf. That, and I really only have so much space in my life. What I choose to fill it with has to be taken seriously and with thoughtful consideration. 
Even so, I still think it's important that as consumers of entertainment and film, we should be clear on our understanding of what real control and ownership is over our movies. Convenience is there for sure with streaming, I, I can't argue against that. But in reality, you still own nothing that's contained on it. You are accessing a licensed copy of a film or show. You're not purchasing a tangible product for yourself that you get to own and keep. The right to be able to watch anything on streaming is only done so through licensing agreements between the streaming services and the owners of the films and the shows, typically being your studios or distributors. Again, not you. You may be able to email in some suggestions on titles that you'd like to see out there on the services, but as private companies, no one is obliged to listen to you. They, they don't care about an individual person on there, they just don't. At the end of the day, your viewership on their platform turns you into nothing but a cog in their set of data algorithms and spreadsheets that are going to be used to dictate what should stay on their network and what should go. Again, you own nothing. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. With physical media, when you purchase it, it's yours. Indefinitely. There's no dependence on licensing, no dependence on internet or a company say-so over whether or not you should be able to watch this or not. You are the master of your own destiny and control of what you watch, and not the other way around. Here's another way of saying this. You are renting their content, not owning it, if you choose to only watch content through streaming. The distinctions with all of this should make you think twice about what true, real ownership means. Your long-term access to movies and shows, ability to take them with you wherever you go, and the overall permanence of a collection all comes into play with this level of thinking. Chapter 5. Supporting Filmmakers That You Love What I'm going to say here may veer slightly off just the subject of physical media and go into a more broad concept of how we as consumers can best show our support to our favorite filmmakers with our wallets. One way or another, us spending our hard-earned money on watching filmmakers' movies will return dividends to them in one form or another. But as someone that really believes in being mindful and purposeful about how they spend their money and where, I want to be sure that how I spend my money on movies is the most beneficial to the people that are actually creating them and working within their industry. Filmmakers earn money from their films in a variety of ways. This is largely dependent on their distribution model and the strategy chosen to take for their release. If I'm talking strictly about physical media sales, it'll typically go like this. There can be upfront revenue provided from a portion of the total sales of copies like your Blu-rays and your 4Ks. It could be broken down to be a percentage of the retail price or as a fixed payment per unit sold. Royalties can also be thrown in there into the mix with physical media, which translates to ongoing payments that are still based on a percentage of the total sales of the film or show. Other ways that filmmakers and film entertainment companies make money. You do have digital sales and downloads of titles. Streaming is a, a viable way to make money through licensing fees or possibly through viewership metrics, but that's under the assumption that the streamers even being forthcoming with their actual metrics or even agreed to any sort of profit sharing model to begin with, or possibly through subscription-based profit sharing, which, again, there is no guarantee that the streamer or distributor has agreed to any of that at all. 
because of this uncertainty that I have with not knowing the likelihood of filmmakers recouping their expenses through fair and profitable streamer contracts, I'm inclined to want to show my support to filmmakers through more tangible and direct means. Let me give you some examples. The first and most obvious one of this is just going to see their movie in a theater. This is a classic profit model that ensures a significant portion of the box office or total ticket sales is going to get spread across the team that made the movie happen. That one's always my first go-to. Then, there's also merchandise! 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 We put the picture's name on everything! Merchandising! Merchandising! Where the real money from the movie is made! This means buying your branded products like your toys, clothing, posters, soundtracks, scripts, etc. If it's a smaller or more independent studio, these days, you can give money to them directly through crowdfunding platforms, or donate money to any sort of film grants that are run by ethically-minded boards that give them over to worthy teams to see their work become reality. I've seen this on Kickstarter, on Indiegogo, on Patreon, and a lot more. All of these ways are certainly more likely to give you and filmmakers peace of mind knowing exactly where your money is going, and that frankly, it will be more appreciated by the filmmakers having you spend your money this way instead of dumping funds in the digital realms with no way of being able to spend competently knowing that your funds are in good and trustworthy hands.